0: Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. On today's broadcast, Pastor Robbie Williams speaks from the subject of, why don't we? And now here is Pastor Robbie with today's message.
1: So the last time that I spoke, it was the January 6th, we began a discussion. We began a discussion on this question called why? Why? And in, in January we talked about why do you and I have a relationship with Jesus? And we talked about was it, was it out of fear? Do, do we have a relationship because we're, we're afraid that we're going to die and that we're going to go to hell? And, I, and, you know, and for me that was my experience. I was raised in a church that preached that a lot. And so my initial coming to Jesus was because I was scared to death. I was afraid of dying and going to hell. But we can't stay there. That can't be the relationship that we have with Jesus. Is it okay to get there to that point with Him? Absolutely. But you just can't stay there. And we talked about how some of us have a relationship with Jesus because it's what we're supposed to do. Just like this young lady at Laguna. Man, she went to church since she was born. She was raised in church. This is what she was supposed to do. She was supposed to have a relationship with Jesus. But can I tell you, you can't stay there. Or you don't need to stay there. You need to keep pushing in that relationship. Or the other thing, the last thing, the reason why we have a relationship with Him is because we love Him. That we just are madly in love with Jesus. And so I want to continue this kind of discussion with another question, a why question. And that question is, why don't we? Why don't we? we. I want to read a verse one that you're really familiar with and it's Philippians 4:13. You guys could probably quote this. It says this, for I what can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength. If you don't mind, Heather, at least leave that up for a second. I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength. Let me ask you guys, how many believe that scripture? Do you? Do you really believe that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? Let me tell you, this is the word for some of you this morning. Already, when I get done in this point, you can believe. This is your word. Because there's some of you in here that have been listening way too long to what the world has to tell you. There's some of you in here that's been listening way way too much to what your family and your friends have to tell you. There's some of you in here that's listening so much to the voice that's on the inside of you that says you can't. That says you can't. That says you can't. You say, okay, God, I know what you're calling me to do. I feel what you're asking me to do in this season, the purpose, but I just can't because, you're, because your parents tell you you can't. Because your family says, don't you remember what you used to do? You can't do that because of da 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 Right? We listen to that. We know us. The only person that knows us better than us is God. And we listen to that voice on the inside of us that says, hey, Robbie, you know what you did. You know that you're going to mess up. You know you messed up before you got up there this morning. What are you even doing up there talking to them? What do you got to say? What do you got to say? Can I tell you there's freedom in knowing that, yes, you can. Yes, you can. If God says that you can do it, guess what? (laughs) You can do it because the Word does not lie. So I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want to look at a conversation that Jesus had with His disciples. We're going to keep that scripture in mind. A conversation that God had with His his disciples because listen, I believe and I'll show you that you and I are living so far beneath the plan and the purpose that God has for us. I believe you and I are nowhere near the lifestyle that God had intended us to live. And I want to show you this. It's in John chapter 14. And it's verses 12 through 14. I tell you the truth. This is Jesus talking. I tell you the truth. Not an opinion. Not a if you agree with me not a maybe, right? Not a, hey, if you, if, you, if you think this is right, check the box. I tell you what, the truth. And let me tell you, if Jesus says it's the truth, Amen. it's the truth, Amen. right? Yeah. I tell you the truth. now. Now, let's, you know, Remember, I can do all things, right? Yes. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me, who is that? Who, who is anyone who believes in me will do the same works right. I have done? Who did?
0: Jesus.
1: And and. Is this what the Bible said? (laughs) And even greater works because I'm going to be with my Father. Mm. Take that. Here you go. Here's your your planet. I'm going back to Heaven. (laughs) Right? Bump this. You can ask for anything in my name. And I'll do it. So that the Son can bring glory to who? It's not even about Jesus. Jesus' life isn't even about Jesus. He said all this stuff you can do so that the Son can bring glory to who? Verse 14, yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Look at John 21 and 25. John, John writes a whole bunch of stuff in his gospel, a whole bunch of miracles that took place and he wrote them all. He wrote, he wrote what he could down. And look, look at what he said. Jesus also did many other things If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. And the things that John saw happened in Jesus' life in three years. Three years. Of Jesus' life. John said, You know what? I've seen this man do miracle after miracle after miracle, and I'm gonna write something down, but my hand's getting tired, so I'm gonna tell you that I could write it all down, but there's not enough books in the world to contain everything that I've seen Jesus do. Right? That I've seen him do. I can't write it all down, there's not enough space. Philippians 14, I can do all things, right? What are the things? John 12. I'm sorry, John 14 and 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone believes in me can do the same works that I do. And even greater works. So, if you and I can do all things through Christ, and some of those things that you and I can do are the works that Jesus did, and not just stop there, but even greater works, then my question is, why don't we? Why don't we? If we can, y'all believe it. Y'all said y'all believe it. Jesus speaks the truth. If we can do what Jesus did... And he said, you know what? Not even that, but even greater. Why don't we? Why don't we? Why don't we? Think about some of the miracles you've seen Jesus or read that Jesus did. Why don't we? don't we? My heart is is burdened for why don't we? There is a, a lifestyle that you and I can get to. A level in our relationship with Jesus that not only can we do the works that Jesus did. And it seems really sacrilegious to say this but we can do greater works. It's what he said. It's what he said. I'm not making it up. It's what he said. It feels weird to say that. That's what the dude said. We can do greater works. So why don't we? I wonder sometimes if we don't, because we don't feel like our relationship with Christ is worth that effort. We won't say it. Oh Lord, we ain't saying that we're good Christian people. We're not going to say, oh, my relationship with Christ isn't worth that level to go to that extreme. But we sure do act like it. I'm preaching to me. I'd rather sit right there (laughs) Because I'm preaching to me. There's a story in the Bible, we all know it really well, where Jesus went into to, uh, the house of Lazarus to eat. Y'all know the story? Mary comes up, takes an expensive expensive bottle of perfume, and does what? Breaks it open, washes his feet. The you know, Bible says that was worth a year's worth of wages. What's the average income today a year? 35? I don't know. Is it worth, is your relationship worth what you make a year? Is it worth that to you? What would you do with $35,000 that you don't get this year? because you have to give it because of your relationship with Jesus. Is the relationship really worth it? She wiped it on his feet, not his head. Didn't rub his back with it. Put it on his nasty feet. A year's worth of wages. Paul said when he was coming to the end, he said, man, all these things I've done, in comparison to knowing Christ, is like a big pile of poop. It's what he said. Everything, my entire life's work, compared to knowing him, is a big old pile of poop. Do you feel that way? Do you feel that way? I can do all things. What's the things that we could be doing, the works that Jesus did and even greater? So why don't we? Could it be that though we don't say it, the relationship that we have with Christ isn't worth it to get to that level? Maybe things aren't settled enough around us to live that lifestyle. Maybe your family is a little too crazy. Maybe your work that you go to work at is a little too non-Christian for you to achieve this lifestyle. Maybe you're dealing with a whole lot of personal stuff and things just aren't settled enough for you to begin to live that lifestyle that the greater works than Jesus did, we can do. Maybe things aren't settled enough for you. Maybe maybe the things around you are too chaotic. Can I help you with that? The things around you will settle when the things in you settle. The atmosphere around you changes when the atmosphere in you changes. If you want your family to be better, you be better. If you want your non-Christian workplace to be better, you be better. If you want the stuff that seems like it's happening to you to be better, you be better. Because we've all heard the saying, right? Wait till life starts putting the pressure on her, right? We're going to see what she's really made of, right? Right? Because why? Because what's on the out, when life starts squeezing us, what's on the inside starts popping out, don't it? I'm going to see how he really is when life gets a hold of him. You just wait, you're young now, but you haven't experienced real life, right? When real life happens, we'll see what you're made of. You guys heard the saying, junk in, junk out, right? What comes in, goes out, right? The Bible says it like this, and it's kind of crazy, it's Luke 6.45, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what's in your heart. You want to change what's happening around you, change what's happening in you. Because what happens in you will affect what happens around us. Do we not, are we, are we not flowing in the works that Jesus has called us to do and even greater works? Because our insides are not ready. They're not ready. We look around us, things aren't settled. Life is crazy, family's crazy, job's crazy, everything's crazy around us the only thing that can change that is what happens on the inside it's what happens on the inside maybe you feel like it's not your calling what we think about what Jesus did what's the things that kind of pop up in our mind heal the sick right i wish Jesus worked at the ccc cuz there's sometimes that you know he fed 5,000 people with two loaves and five fishes at the CCC, we run out. And we only serving 400 people. If Jesus worked there, boom, right? More food, more stuff. Maybe we feel like it's not our calling. Maybe we feel like Jesus was talking to somebody else when he says, I tell you the truth, the works I do. Because that's not my calling, right? I'm supposed to sing on the praise team, that's my calling. Right? I'm supposed to be up in a classroom teaching kids, that's my calling. Not 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 the works that Jesus did, okay? Time out, slow down. Not the works Jesus did, not greater works. I'm supposed to be serving at the door. I'm supposed to be passing the offering plate. Right? That's not my calling, Jesus. Can, can I... And I, and I <laughs> I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think you and I confuse each other with the terminology of a calling anyway. And I think that, I know for me, I've been raised in something that's very confusing to me when we start talking about calling. And I've been brought up to believe that there is a calling on my life and that I am supposed to find that calling that God has called me to do. And I tell you, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure to find my calling in life. I remember being 13 years old, and we we were at a house church. And I was in the back row at this house church when I knew God was calling me. I knew He was speaking to my life. Mm -hmm. This is what you're supposed to do, Robbie. At 13, going... No, I was supposed to be in full-time ministry, 13. That was supposed to be my vocation. Can I tell you, it did not happen for 30 years? What I felt at 13 did not happen until I was 43 years old. Does that mean for 30 years I missed it? Does it mean for 30 years that God was displeased? because I wasn't fulfilling the call, quote-unquote, that he had on my life. And I remember going into my 20s, uh, barely in my 20s, and I met my wife. And we got married. And I'll never forget it. This man walked to me and said, you got a calling on your life to be a husband. You're supposed to die for her like Jesus died for the church. Give up yourself for her. And he ain't wrong. It's in the Bible. So now you're telling me at 13 what I thought was a calling. Now I have a different calling? Or I have an additional calling, now I'm called to be a husband? So does that mean prior to me getting married that I had missed my calling because I was called to be a husband? Five years into our marriage, we had a beautiful baby girl called to be a father. To train up that child in the way she would go and knock on wood. (laughs) When she gets old, she's not going to depart from it. Does that mean I wasn't supposed to be a husband? Because now my calling is to be a father? Was I supposed to be a dad without being a father first? Uh, No. Right? Man, I think we jack each other up with this thing called calling. Listen, can can I help take the weight off your shoulders? You do have a calling. And it is one calling, and we all share the calling, and that's to serve the Father. Can I be real with you? We are to do whatever He tells us to do, whenever He tells us to do it, however He tells us to do it, for as long as He tells us to do it. And then when He's done with that, you move on. There, that is your calling. The calling is not the pursuit of His will for your life. It's the pursuit of Him. That's the call. The call is that we are to do whatever it is that he tells us to do. Better, we are to serve the purpose of the season that we're in. Because those seasons change. And the purpose for those seasons change. So we can, we can say, God, it's not my calling. I don't need to do the works you did, Jesus, and greater works. That's for, that, that's for the evangelist. That's for that person that has a gift not a calling, a gift of healing. Right? Deliverance, setting people free. There's people that are anointed and gifted to do that. But can I tell you, it's your job also. It's your calling also because your calling is to do whatever God tells you to do. Whenever He tells you to do it. For as long as He tells you to do it. Don't worry about your calling. And listen, if you'll just be obedient to God every day of your life, the calling will find you. Amen. You'll walk right slabbed up in the middle of it if you obey. But if we're always pursuing this calling, we'll miss the season that the Father has us in. We'll miss the purposes of the season that we're in. The Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And the Bible does say that the works that Jesus did, you and I can do in even greater works. But I wonder sometimes if we let this thing called calling get in our way. I want to look at a story real quick. It's found in 1 Samuel. And and we're going to pick up the story. Samuel is um, serving in the in the temple with a priest called Eli. Y'all gonna know the story? So Samuel's mom, right? Couldn't have a baby, prayed, prayed, prayed. God gave me a baby. Said, if you'll give me a baby, I'll give him back to you. Now, how about that? Now, how about that? God, give me a baby, give me a baby, and I promise you, if you give him to me, I'll just give him right back to you. And you know what? She did. I. <laughs> The first time I lay my eyes on Kylie, I don't know if Jesus could have took her. I'm serious. There is such an unbelievable love that falls over you when you look at the face of your child. It would have had to be God to take her. Because I wasn't letting that girl go for nothing in the world. But here's a mom who prayed, 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 prayed. God gave her a son and he gave her back. He so here you go. So here's he is growing up in a in a temple with a priest named Eli. Can I tell you something about Eli? He ain't a very good priest. This joker is allowing his sons to have sex with prostitutes right outside the temple door. This joker is allowing his sons to go rob people when they bring in their offerings unto the Lord to sacrifice them. Taking them, and if, by force if necessary. Beat them up if you got to. Eat that food, son. Right? Not a very good priest, but we, this is where we find Samuel. I want to look at this story real quick because I think there's a lot that God wants to share with us about this. Looking, we're going to read starting in verse one. It says this. Meanwhile, the boy served Samuel the Lord. Sorry, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. That was his purpose. We talked about calling. That's not his calling. That's the purpose for this season of his life. Serve Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. Have you ever read this and just wondered why? The word of the Lord was very rare and visions were uncommon, and you're about to read where they were and what was super close, and it's going to make you even more dumbfound. Look at what it says. It says, One night Eli, who was almost blind, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. That means he ain't dead, so God ain't done. Hey, you're not dead. God isn't done with you. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I don't care what you've done in your past. This is, a, this is a man who is allowing his sons to have sex with prostitutes outside the temple gate. This is a man who is looking at people saying, go rob them, go beat them up if you have to for sacrifices to the Lord. Go do it. And God is not done with him. Don't tell me that your past disqualifies you. If you're not dead, God ain't done. There's still a purpose, and there's still a plan for your life. I hope that sets some of y'all free today. The lamp had not yet gone out, and Samuel, where was Samuel? He was sleeping in the tabernacle where? No wonder they ain't hearing the word, right? No wonder they're not seeing vision. The dude is right next to the ark of God doing what? Sleeping. Sleeping. <laughs> oh, oh, just sleeping. Sleeping, sleeping, sleeping. So so suddenly the Lord called out, "Samuel." Yes, Samuel replied, "What is it?" He got up and he ran to who? Yeah. Right at the ark of God and he ran to who? That jacked-up priest, right? That a preach. We don't have a jacked up priest at this church. Pastor John is a good man. But the last place or shouldn't say last, but the not the first place you should run when you hear God speaking is the pastor. He ain't got nothing for you if it's not from God. We live in the presence of the Lord. We're not always aware of it because we're not always present. But the presence of the Lord is always there, and when you hear Him speak, we want to get up and we want to call somebody? Let's be aware of who spoke. Shake ourselves. Yes, Lord. Your servant is listening. Right? So anyway, that was free. So here I am. Did you call me? I did not call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never what? Heard a message. He's sleeping next to the ark and he has never heard God speak. Have you? We want to look at Samuel a little differently. Man, how could you? But have you? I mean, let's put ourselves there. Have we? Hmm. <laughs> so the Lord called a third time. And once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli what? Then he realized, not the first time, not the second time, it took God calling three times for Eli, the priest to recognize the voice of the Lord. Oh, there's so much in here. This is such a rich, rich, rich ten verses. I beg you, go home and just walk through this scripture. Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy and then he did what God wanted him to do. God used him. He wasn't dead, so God wasn't done. So he said to Samuel, Go and lie down. And if someone calls you again, say, Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord came and called as before. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. God does not play hide-and-seek. He will call you and call you and call you and call you and call you. God has a callback feature. And He's not done calling you. And He will call you and call you until you answer. We may want to run, but God's constantly calling The callings of our life, that that calling that is to serve the Father, to do whatever, whenever, however, for as long as He wants us to do it. God will not stop calling you in this purpose for this season. We say we can't do the works that Jesus did. We can't do greater works than Him because it's not our calling. God had to call three times. Samuel didn't even hear it. It was Samuel's purpose and he couldn't even hear it. Eli recognized it and said, go back. Could it be that we're not doing this level of living because we don't feel like it's our calling? Could it be because we feel like we're too old but God's not done if you're not dead? Could it be because we're too young? And I answer that in the same way. You're not dead. God's not done. He's not done. Is the reason why, just like we read in this story, the reason why you cannot seem to to push to the point where you can do the works that Jesus did and even greater works is because things are way too familiar to you? The ark of God was sitting in the temple and Samuel was asleep. Eli got so comfortable with the things of, with the with the presence of the Lord being there that he's allowing his son to do ridiculous stuff. He's the priest. He's allowing it to happen. Samuel right next to the ark is asleep. Could it be that we are way too familiar? Could it be that me and you are way too comfortable to do to keep pushing? You and I have 24 hours in a day. Can I tell you Jesus did also? For three years of his life, he had 24 hours in a day and he did so much stuff that books can't even be written to contain it all. You and I have the same 24 hours. You and I probably work, what, about nine hours a day? including lunch when we go eat nine hours a day, roughly 10 hours a day. You know, they used to say you get eight hours sleep on average. I don't know where that was. (laughs) Maybe when I was a baby, (laughs) maybe. But I ain't seen eight hours sleep in a long time. So let's just say we average five hours. Can we go there? Everybody comfortable with five hours a day? So that's 14 hours of your day between work and sleep. You got 10 hours. What are you doing? Have we come so comfortable in our walk with Jesus that we're going to sit and do nothing else with that for 10 hours? No wonder God isn't speaking to our lives. No wonder we're not seeing vision. No wonder we're not pushing forward in our relationship you have 10 hours. What are you doing? What are you doing with your 10 hours? Could it be that we don't see the works that Jesus did in greater works? It's because we're way too familiar. We're so familiar we don't even hear Him anymore. Way too close that we don't even feel Him anymore. Way too super spiritual that we don't sense him anymore. I don't know. But could it be the reason why we're not seeing the works that Jesus did is because we're way too comfortable. We're way too comfortable. Could it be that you're hoping he just moves on? Listen. (laughs) If you're anything like me, there have been people that I have had to call back and I'm praying the whole time, Jesus, 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 don't let them answer this phone, <laughs> right? God, I'm begging you. I'm calling them. Please. And I hear that voicemail, like, oh, hallelujah, God, you're still real, you know? So you leave a message and you hang up. I mean, guys, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Let's just be real. This is real church. People we call, we don't want them answering the phone, but we know we got to call, Right. I wonder if we treat God that way. I know He's calling, but if I just... If I don't answer, He'll just... He'll just move along. Go ahead, God. I wonder if we hope God just moves on. I hope that He just moves on. Can I tell you, He doesn't stop. And thank God he doesn't stop because I ran for a long time. And if God had stopped calling this young man, I don't know where I'd be. But it's the same way. He will not stop challenging us and pushing us to do the works that Jesus did because it's a lifestyle you and I are to live up to. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me, the works I did you can do and even greater works can you do. Maybe we're just hoping that he'll move on. Maybe you don't think you can. That's me, right? That was me. I don't think I can. Look at what Philippians 2 5 says. I think we have that one. You must have what? The same attitude as who? Right? Listen, you don't mean to tell me that Jesus, you don't think Jesus was scared. You don't think Jesus worried? You don't think Jesus had fear when he looked at 5,000 people and he saw two fish and he saw five loaves of bread and he knows he got to feed all these, but you don't think there was a moment of doubt. I mean, Jesus was all God, but he was all human. You don't think that he worried, that he feared, that he doubted. What's the difference between Jesus and you and me? It's the attitude. The attitude. He came to this earth saying, God, not my will. Yours be done. He, when he was questioned, what are you doing? He said, I'm about whose business? The Father's business. That's the attitude. Why can't I walk up to Corey, maybe sick, and lay my hands on him? pray that God heals him because my attitude ain't right. My attitude isn't right. I don't think that I'm about my father's business. And can I remind you, that is your call. That is your call. It's my call. It's your call. We should walk around. Oh man, I'm telling you, there is such a level. I don't care how deep you are with the Lord. I don't care how stretched God has stretched you. There is a different level. There is a deeper level. There's another place for us to attain to. And it's called the works that Jesus did and greater works. We got to have the right attitude, the same attitude that was in Jesus. God, not my will, but yours be done. Are we afraid of how it's going to turn out? Because again, I have to raise my hand. Are we afraid of how it's going to turn out? Listen, there's a story in John chapter 2 and he talks about the very first miracle of Jesus, which was what? Turning water into wine. And I love this story because it shows the humanity of Jesus and his mom, right? They're at a wedding. The wine runs out. And Mary says, Jesus, you got to do something. And Jesus cops attitude. Right? Yes. With his mama. Now listen, I told her I was going to do this. This reminds me of Miss Paula Rickett. <laughs> Dealing with Joseph. Can you imagine and walking up to Joseph? Hey, Joseph, you got to do something. He said, ain't my time. <laughs> what was the reaction of Miss Paula? Mm. (laughs) Don't you tell me it's not your time. What did his mom do? Turned around and said, listen, servants, just do what he tells you to do. I ain't got time for all that. Jesus, I don't care if it's your time or not. It's your time. Is that not what the story, how the story went? Can you imagine Jesus copping at Maybe he felt a little too God in the moment, right? And not enough human, not enough son. You know, the, the, the Old Testament was written before Jesus got here, and it says, kids, obey your parents. You think that exempt Jesus just because he was God? His mom said, Jesus, do something. No, nah, it ain't my time. Just do what he tells you to do. I ain't even listening to all that. She didn't care how it turned out, all she cared is who was doing the turning out. Are you scared today if you were to walk up to somebody? who's sick, are you scared to lay your hands on them and pray for them, to do the works that Jesus did and even greater works because you're scared of how it's gonna turn out? Listen, we should be more scared of who's doing the turning out than how it turns out. Because how it turns out is not up to you, and it's not up to me, it's up to the who. It's up to the who is doing the turning out. Jesus was at the wedding, the mom could care less how he did it. Go buy some, I don't care how you do it, we just need more wine. And so she went to the person who she knew could do something about it. If you're scared today, we need to run to the who. Because the Bible says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Some of those things that you and I are supposed to be doing is the works that Jesus did. And that would be awesome, but even greater works. So what's your excuse? What's your reason? What's the why don't you? Why don't we? Let's pray.
0: We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.